Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we are discussing CIC issue number 48, the dishonoring of God in popular spiritual warfare teaching. We've spent the last couple episodes talking talking about the ransom theory of the atonement and the misuse of the blood of Jesus in these popular warfare teachings. So then we come to the question, and if you're following along in the article, we are at the heading, so why are there still problems? So there's our question for today. Why? Why? Why are there still problems, according to these teachers? Well, I'll I'll tell you what the why the Bible says, and then why these guys say, how's that do it that way? All right. The reason there's still problems is that we're still in the age between Pentecost and the rapture. And then after that, the seven year tribulation. And then Christ returns with the church and there's the millennial reign. Now I know a lot of people uh, reject that uh, eschatology, but I believe we can defend that. We can prove it. It's scriptural and it's taking the Bible literally all the way from Genesis to Revelation when the author intended to be taken that way. Okay. But one of the popular theologies that I believe is seriously false is post-millennialism. Right. And here in America, and I know people listen to us outside of America, but the Americans have been fed post-millennialism as long as this country's been here. Okay. And told that we're going to bring the millennium to America or whatever. But the whole thing is false. The church age is the age in which God is saving persons through the gospel preached, the preaching of Jesus Christ, repentance for forgiveness of sins, the teaching of the word of God to disciple those who hear and believe, and they are becoming citizens of the kingdom of God. All right? Okay. And the earth is always going to have problems until God ultimately judges it. History is heading toward judgment. It's not heading toward paradise on earth without judgment. Okay. There's many kinds of post-millennialism. Emergent, I wrote a whole book about that. There's I wrote an article about theonomy. We're going to somehow take control of everybody, force them to obey the law of Moses. And then the millennium, that's the millennium. All of this. I don't believe any of that, but let's deal with this one. Why are there still problems? Well, in this particular scheme, and there are variants of it, the reason there are still problems is that we've got to restore everything. Okay. And there's... Bill Johnson's version, Mike Bickle's version. Then there are others uh, in the New Apostolic Reformation. There are people who are claiming they believe what I say, that there'll be a literal seven-year tribulation, but they are the great people of God, and they're going to defeat Antichrist, not Jesus. Oh, wow. And they're going to be so pious and so filled with, faith and power and prayer 
that when and they're going to have their apostles and prophets that when Antichrist arises, they're going to defeat him. Oh, wow. Then they're going to okay. say, Jesus, you can come back. We did it for you. There oh. are so many versions of this. Okay. I'll make it simple. It's all false. <laughs> all right. We are still in the same era of history, which is usually called a church age. And God is still saving people through the gospel. God removes people from the domain of darkness, brings them into the kingdom of the son of his love, Colossians. Acts 26, 18, know that verse, from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God, and so on. That's the way it's been from Pentecost on. And history has all kinds of things happening. Okay. But God is still building his church. Yes. Through the gospel. So let's, that's what I believe is biblical. Okay. But now let's look at one in particular that they misinterpret from Ephesians to give themselves more power and less to Christ. Okay. One thing that they all have in common. Remember John the Baptist says, he must increase that I decrease. Right. Well, these kingdom now, dominion, they're all effectively, whether they stated specifically, are saying he must decrease so that I can increase. Exactly. That's what it boils down to. Really? And I and we'll talk about a little bit, a little preview of some future episodes on prayer that we're going to do. When you read the books on prayer, they might as well just say he must decrease. Yeah. Jesus can only do what we allow him to do, and we keep botching it. So Jesus is in heaven with his hands tied, and he's waiting for us to get our act together. Wow. That should be And the false teachers portray themselves as the ones that have their act together. Yes. I just watched one on the other day. I turned on the TV, and here's a, this Joyce Meyer, great big, huge thing. And she's been around, and her she's another version of the word of faith heresy. Okay. Slightly softer version, but it's the same heresy. Yes. How to solve problems now. Mm-hmm. you got to get it right. Everybody's got problems. Here's how we solve them. Why do we have problems? Let me tell you. Because we're here, and we're not in heaven. Yes. Amen. And in this life, you'll have tribulation. In this world, you'll have tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world if you get your act together. Right. The point is to believe and trust him, to serve him. Now, let's look at this. Okay. Here's what I wrote about this. Having taught that Christ regained God's legal right to his own creation, spiritual warfare teachers go on to explain why the world is still a mess. Okay. The problem is with the church. Of course. They always blame. Yeah. <laughs> it's always We're somehow always our fault. Blame, blame the Christians. Right. And, you know, they never blame their own selves. The teachers, they all got to figure it out. There's one guy I was just reading his stories. It's just, it's, it's so self-aggrandizing. Uh, it's, it's really sad. Why would you write like that? Yeah. Uh, I'm so great. You know, the biblical people, David, Elijah, Paul, 
Peter, the disciples, whoever, Abraham. The Bible tells us a very honest account of their lives. Yeah, it does. And there's a lot of problems, a lot of failures. Mm -hmm. And what made anybody stand out was that they believed the promises of God. Yes. Hebrews 11. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a lot of troubles and problems in your life, like we all do, how can you be a great person of faith? Believe the promises of God, not false promises. Your best life now, that's a lie. Because right there, if the who is it says that? Uh, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, that's it. Yes. Okay. I, remember I don't know. There's so many to pick from now. Yeah, well, if you believe <laughs> yeah, the your best life, life now is Joel Osteen. Yeah, okay. But you know, right now he's... He doesn't believe the promises of God because there's no way if you believe in the literal Bible prophecy and a resurrection and a new heavens and new earth where indwells righteousness and all the things that God's promised, it's impossible that your best life can be now. Right. So why are you buying his book? Well, I buy books because I want to refute them. But yeah, why yeah. do you buy it and believe it? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's always some secret that we didn't get right. Let's get going okay. and we can have it all now. So let me read uh, what the issue is. So okay. why do we have problems? Well, the ransom theory says Jesus became a mere man, which is a heresy. Okay. We believe in the humanity and deity of Christ, the hypostatic union it's called. But he never lost his divinity because then he never had it because divinity is eternal. Yes. We talked about that before. Mm -hmm. But here's what they say. According to their theories, Christ gained victory. It says far above all principalities and powers. Ephesians 1, 20 through 22. And I say, which is true. Christ does have all authority. However, they claim that control over the heavenlies has to be gained by the church. Okay. It's issue, isn't it? Yeah. I preached, I finished preaching through Ephesians. I covered all this uh, Gospel of Grace Fellowship, ggf.church. I preached through all those passages, explained what they mean. Okay. But there's this divine council worldview that we've talked about that I believe yes. is biblical. Okay. So okay. even in the Old Testament, Satan and Job came before God, the other sons of God. Yeah. Right? Fallen beings. Okay, yep, so yep. the triumph God of the Bible has always been in control of the universe that God created. Right. And there's this divine council, and Satan and whatever authorities are under him, Ephesians talk about this, are in subject are subject to God and need his permission about what they're going to do. Okay. And that permission is granted based on God's intention for the church, which is eternal, is according to his power and his promises. Right. And that's why there's problems, because we're still in this age. Yes. Hostile powers are still operating. The whole world lies in the power of the wicked one, it says in 1 John 5. Uh, there, there's much about this. And as we said over and over, I hope it sinks in. 
the gospel is about, first of all, for forgiveness of our sins, so that we're right with God. And at that time, we're transferred out of the authority of darkness and Satan and into the kingdom of light in Jesus Christ. That's right. We are out from under their authority. Right. And, I, and I've written article after article, done conferences, preached sermons, made videos. But people still want to go back to that one. Yeah. Well, I, I did a little research, not scientific in the sense of a scientific polling, but just talking to people who have been taught that and ask why they believe it and why it's hard for them to believe what I'm saying. They know those Bible verses say what they do, but they've been taught by all these warfare worldview teachers that they need to know the secret. Yeah. Or that they're letting the demons back in because they did something wrong. Okay. And they become so crippled. And the reason they believe that's the case is based on examining symptoms. Right. It always comes down to symptoms and circumstances. Right. Well, I, well, I believe the promises of God, but I'm still in this mess, so something must be wrong. Right. But think about it. Who does the Bible command, like in Hebrews 11? What about Abram, who not taking, he at first laughed and everything else, he had his problems. Yeah. But he had no way that symptoms were going to cause him to believe that he'd have a child at his old age. Right. But Yahweh appeared to him, spoke to him, and ultimately he believed. Mm -hmm. God did what God said he would do. Right? Yes. So uh -huh. here's the thing. If you believe what the Bible says, and then the false teacher comes and said, yeah, but aren't you lacking money? Don't you have fears and anxieties at times? Aren't you sick often? Aren't Sometimes your kids don't want to listen to you. Some people raise kids and then as adults, the kids hate them. Mm -hmm. uh, there's all kinds of circumstances in this fallen world. And is, is, are any of those symptoms proof that you're still in the domain of darkness? No, none of them. No, not if you're believing God. Yeah. Furthermore, if you are in a domain of light, Christ, as described in the Bible, did he promise you'll never have any bad symptoms. No. As a matter of fact, he promised we would have trials and tribulations. Exactly. But the false teachers just keep it up. And they, and they say, well, it's got to be this case because of manifestations. And then they yeah. go into the Gospels and, well, you got to know the name. And we've covered this mm -hmm. in a second. The manifestation that convinced the apostles the people came to Christ was the Holy Spirit came upon people and they spoke about the mighty deeds of God and confessed Christ. That's right. And so I think, isn't that still on our CIC site somewhere where I did a. I think it's on the front page. If you go to CICministry.org, how did, yeah. How to determine a true work of the spirit. I and think I, it's on the front page. Otherwise you can find it on the CIC YouTube channel. There's so many verses that say that. Yeah. 
So how you know is that you believe in Christ, you trust Christ, and you're willing to give an account for the hope that's within you is that Jesus Christ died for my sins. The eternal creator came into this world, was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, predicted his own death on the cross and shed blood, predicted his own resurrection and was so raised, and predicted his ascension into heaven and then ascended before witnesses. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, 500 people in his day were still alive and had seen the resurrected Christ. Yeah. According to Psalm 110 verse 1, sits at the right hand of God, and he ever lives, lives to make intercession for us. And his intercession for us isn't depending on us, knowing a secret, telling him what to do. We have access to the throne of grace. We've talked about it. We will talk about it. Yes. But these teachers say, no, we have to gain control over the heavenly realm and sit in that place of ruling over the principalities, the powers, the host of heaven, as if we were equipped to do that, to know their names, know their territories, know all of this. We can't see them. We get some weird metaphysical impression that tells us which one's over which city. And then we say prayers that God never authorized, go on marches that God never commands to do, and say, yeah. there, now we're going to take our city. Dear ones, I have watched this go on for 40 some years. I've seen the claims. There were march around the city, I mean the Twin Cities, march around this city, claim that city, have this and do that. And every time it turns to nothing. Right. There was a recent, there was a Jericho march in Washington, D.C. just before January 6th. Let me tell you, it didn't work. It does, listen, <laughs> if we had our theology right, those people that promote these things would be rejected and we wouldn't send them our money and we wouldn't buy their books as if they were true. If you're buying your research to refute them, I do that. Yeah. But I have a little stamp that Jessica gave me, Bob's Garrity <laughs> Library. Yep. So I don't want anybody, uh, when I'm gone from this world, to think that I actually believe those things. But dear ones, you don't need that. You have the promises of God. It's never worked. It always fails. We have no control over that domain. That's why we needed to be transferred out of it. Right. We're free. We're out of it. Don't go back and try and manipulate it. You're we free. Can't. Stay there. No, we're trying to do what God thwarted at Babel. Exactly. The false teachers want to make their own tower of Babel and get up into the heavenlies so they could reach the gods. And God said no. And he thwarted them, changed their language, and then made the table of nations. And okay. then we talked about Deuteronomy 3, 2, 8, and 9. But why? I don't know. We, we're trying to help here get us back to a biblical worldview. Let me continue. Okay. What I wrote. Christ's exalted status, I'm saying, will do no good, if, the, according to them, if the church to whom he has delegated his authority, then I have parenthetically, remember that they assume delegate author, delegated authority means lost or transferred authority. Okay. That's pretty common. Yeah. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. Therefore, 
it's God's authority is granted to the church and well, whatever we do with it, God's stuck with. Yeah. God didn't give away his authority when he gave us the great commission. No, he did not. There's a lot of false ideas there, but we do know that we're called to preach Christ and to teach the word of God to those who believe and to do the basic things that churches do. Pure teaching of the word of God, the Lord's Supper, baptism, and teaching people that they have access to the throne of grace and that we're kings and priests of God uh, by who we are in Christ, but not by what we do on the earth. And, you know, that's a privilege. We get to be involved in these things. That's how God ordered it. That's what God is commanded to do. But it's a blessing and a privilege to us, for us, to right. go out and preach the gospel. It's I a know. blessing for us to pray for one another. It's a blessing for us to come sit under the means of grace. You, God could have just sovereignly reached down and converted people whenever he wanted to without using the means of his people, but he's chosen to involve us in what right. he's doing. And right. it's a blessing, but it doesn't mean he lost control over that and is now dependent on us. Anybody that's read one of these false teachings on prayer and evangelism, which is probably everybody, I want you to consider one thing. Nineveh and Jonah. Yes. Okay. Jonah did not want Nineveh saved. Right. He didn't want and to the point that he was going to run away and hop on a ship and he no. wanted nothing to do with this. So these people who are teaching God can't do anything without some man working on the earth uh, really have a problem with Jonah because God was going to do that, chose to use Jonah and left Jonah in the Bible as a real object lesson to us. Yes. But God saved Nineveh and Jonah was lamenting the fact. He said, I knew this would happen. Right. That's why I ran away. I don't want to do this. Well, yeah. you know, if you if you read to the end of the book of Jonah, it kind of seems like it just ends. It, there's no resolution to this. He's still in a stinky mood at the end of the yeah. book. What do we learn? God is sovereign, and sometimes He uses us despite us. Right. But the false teachers say He cannot use you if you don't get it right. God is on the sidelines. Wow. We well, Jonah get... completely refutes that. It's insane. So we have to rule over angels that we can't see. We don't know their names. And we're not even sure if the so-called gods out there that we're supposed to rule over are the right ones or who they are or what they're doing. Wow. There's no taxonomy of spiritual evil, although they certainly exist. I talked about that in Ephesians. So yeah. let me say what, where I go with this in the article. The problem is explained in a number of ways by various teachers. Ed Silvoso teaches, quote, the church has now been placed potentially in control of the heavenly places once ruled by the prince of the power of the air, but the church must engage and defeat the enemy to retake the heavenlies in the name of her Lord so that those, the eyes of those still being held captive by Satan will be opened. 
unquote. It's of also. That, that's not right. That's a misinterpretation of Ephesians. Right. The only way we can open the eyes of those being held captive by Satan is to preach the gospel. Right. There, there's a powerless gospel that won't do anything until we're ruling over demons. That's not our role right now. It's our role to call people out of the world of darkness. Right. This is so insidious. Think about this. They're really telling us that the people at Babel had the right idea when they wanted to get into the heavenlies. Or they're wow. saying, well, it wasn't a bad idea, but they were going to do it wrong. Jesus had to come, become a man, defeat Satan in hell, hand it to the church. The church fumbles it away. Now Latter-day apostles and prophets, they're going to get it right, and they're going to get up there in the heavenlies. Most of them claim they've already been there. And they're going to tell all the different hosts of heaven what they're going to do. So they're going to put themselves in charge of the divine council, which is idolatry and it's wickedness. And it's not just a little bad. It's pure spiritual evil. Amen. And why does anybody listen to this? Do you think God can run his own council meeting? Or do you want to be the one in charge? You know, the, the few incidents in the Bible where we get to peek into the divine council meeting, God's thoroughly in control. Right. Go to 1 Kings 22. We've covered this. Yes. Uh, and so look at some of the videos that we did on this. But don't listen to it. We need to do a little preview about some things we're going to do later about prayer. Okay? Yes. So uh, yes. We, we ordered two books that are the two most popular ones uh, as far as we could tell. And so Jessica, tell us about the one yep. you are So reading. I've got, I don't know if you can see this one. Yeah, I see it. Yep. So that's by Priscilla Shearer. And it's based on the movie, The War Room, which was really popular a few years ago. This book here, it had something like 7,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. And, you know, if I could sum up this book in, in just one a few words. This okay. is warfare worldview. We just recently spent 18 episodes talking about that. And this book is exactly everything we discussed in that series. It's, it's prayer as the means to deploy weapons against our, against our foes. Okay. And um, I covered the passage of Ephesians six in a sermon recently. Yes. They're, they're just not even doing you know, these people writing books are not capable of doing fundamental, careful Bible exegesis. Right. It's based on the Holy Spirit inspired in air and scripture and authorial intent. The author determines the meaning, not the reader. Right. And I've debated these people over the decades. They can't defend themselves. So finally, they just back off and call me evil for dividing the church. Wow. So a church unified around false doctrine is better than one where somebody corrects the air and some people don't like it. You know, that's a really sad that, state of affairs, sad. but it's exactly what it's right. It's exactly where we're at right now. I know. And so the book, I, can you see mine? Yep. There Duck it is. Sheets, intercessory prayer. Now it's not quite as radical 
as some others, but it still does some of the same things. So I'm not totally finished with it, but everything in here is consistent with that warfare worldview and the idea that it's a little different in his case than like Kenneth Copeland, but uh, it takes God's sovereignty out of the picture for the most part. Okay. Let me just give you a little example from the book. Here's what Sheet says. The part about the domain being handed over to him was true. So he cites the devil as telling Jesus the truth about the entire domain handed over to him to do whatever he wills. Oh, dear. Is that what Luke, or which one did he do? Luke here? Uh, yeah, Luke. Well, I know a lot about Luke. That's been teaching it for years. Listen, that's not the point of that passage. Furthermore, we just mentioned Jonah. Yes. How did that happen? Right. If God wasn't sovereign and Satan had control over the domain of earth, he certainly had control over Nineveh. Yeah. How did all those people repent? Right. It, well, it couldn't have happened it wasn't through Jonah's prayer. Right. <laughs> Jonah said, I, I, he wouldn't go. And he ended up there, all right, all right, I'll do it. And then he said, come on, go. Dutch Sheets, I know you're still on the scene of history. Go read Jonah and tell us how that works in here. And this guy needs to learn the way of the Lord more perfectly. If he does know the Lord, and I'm not claiming I know that he doesn't. He has okay. the basic gospel in here. But uh, but here's what he says. So complete and final was God's decision to do things on earth through human beings that it cost God the incarnation to regain what God, Adam gave away, unquote. Wow. That's, that's she's page 51 on his book. If you really know theology and biblical exegesis, you would never make that statement. Right. It diminishes God's authority his honor, his power, his majesty, his eternal plan. And it says, basically, um, God is dependent on the creation for things to be done in his way. No, it's not like that. God is so loving and so merciful that he uses fallen beings, humans, and redeems them by grace. And God is working through us because we trust and believe him. And even faith is a gift, not because God can't get anything done any other way. Right. Amen. Well, so that's a little preview of future episodes where we'll talk more about prayer. We we'll are out of time. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a while, but. Yeah, that's true. That is true. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you, you can access this program and years worth of others, as well as many articles at the website cicministry.org. And if you'd like, while you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to remind you to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob DeWay. We'll see you next week. <laughs>